What's up and welcome to Difficulty Class, a show where we gather around this podcast table in your ears and talk about some Dungeons and Dragons. Each week, we, or a listener like you writing into difficultyclass at gmail.com, come up with a question, topic, encounter, or anything else somehow related to RPGs, and we have some fun talking about them. I'm one of your hosts, Trevor Bettis, and with me this week is... Ali Deitchman. That's right, and you know what? What would be what's good to talk about when we're getting towards the end of this show? Endings, yes, <laughs> <laughs> but also beginnings. Because mm-hmm. we're at the beginning of an episode, so ha, I tied it in there. <laughs> Can't have um, one without the other. I mean, logically. <laughs> uh, I almost dropped some really terrible destiny lore there, <laughs> but I'm not gonna. We're gonna keep moving. <laughs> Everything's fine. Just carry hey, on, listeners. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, this is one that 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 just literally popped into my head like a little bit ago. I'm like, hey, we should talk about this because we haven't really before of like, well, OK, we, we've talked about like getting the group together, like, do, uh, like, you know, getting everybody's character sheets in order, doing the session zero, you know, lines yeah. and veils, all that stuff, but not about the actual like start. <laughs> yes. <laughs> the, all right. And we begin. <laughs> <laughs> How, how how many times have you started a fresh campaign? Uh, this is I know, I didn't audio tell recording her I was of me ask actively counting. Um. Yeah, I didn't tell her I was going to ask her this, so this is just me just you know catching her off guard. Let's see. I'm, I'm going to have to do this out loud because otherwise I won't know. Uh, there's Neverwinter. There's the Sea Campaign. There's. <sighs> See, I'm gonna cheat and I'm gonna I'm gonna count while you're counting. Yeah. <laughs> uh, oh, and my phone several of these again. have not actually finished either, which is funny. But they're they're not like not going to happen, but they're just on hiatus. <laughs> mm-hmm. I would say I've started five campaigns, and I'm talking about like different characters. I'm not talking about like yeah. stories. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah, I've yeah. done oh, like yeah, mine four campaigns within Neverwinter. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Mm-hmm. but uh yeah i'm talking about like full-on campaign brand new like party and and all that good stuff smack dab uh yeah i i, I was thinking i'm like oh god should i do i do i have to just do D D because there's even a lot more so i'm gonna stick to just D. that's a good idea uh, for now <laughs> yeah let's see i mean there's the original fourth edition game mm-hmm. uh and then i didn't do anything else until uh fifth edition with y'all and then i didn't do anything else until Oh, oh, Tomb of Annihilation. Mm-hmm. Oh, that was, yeah, the Tomb of Annihilation and then Curse of Strahd and then Golden Pal. So five. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Humble, humble criminals got moved over into Golden Pals, but technically like five, five and a half, five and a half, five <laughs> yeah. and some change. Um, it, Well, the, the reason why I want to get those fresh in your mind is like, so how do you go about starting it like like literally how do you go about bringing these players who are with fresh characters into this world well there's one of two ways that a campaign starts for me at least uh the first way is the easiest less work for me is when someone says man i really want to play insert book here (laughs) and then i'm like all right bet and then we do (laughs) (laughs) oh my god i think it's the first time bet's been used on this podcast (laughs) Like, it's just, that's just how it rolls. And then the second more difficult thing is when I'm like, okay, y'all, I really want to play this kind of concept. Uh, and then I kind of present like the idea. And then usually they're all for it because they just want to play. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's 
the amount of like traction is still there, but it's just the amount of work that depends on me is <laughs> different. Mm-hmm. But uh, that's usually how my campaigns start. And in fact, that's how all five of my campaigns have started. <laughs> well, I, what I mean specifically is like, because like, let, let me hang on, let me let me grab a book. I think I got a book over here. We got, oh, there we go. We got Icewind Dale and some Dune dice and some books. Okay, well, now that everything's fallen. Uh-huh. Like, if I remember correctly, most of the time these adventures don't actually start with any kind of opening spiel. It's just like, and this is where your players start. What I'm talking about is like, what do you like? What what oh. do you use word wise or description wise or even just, you know, you know, table wise to pull people in at the start of a campaign? For me, I do a lot of my heavy lifting of like that kind of thing in session zero. I actually have my introduction of like the setting while I have my session zero as opposed to the first session. (laughs) Because during the session zero, I kind of present the setting and what they need to know in order to play in that setting. So like, for example, Icewind Dale, Uh, all my players, except for like two of them, don't know what Icendale, Icewind Dale is. <laughs> like we mm-hmm. we went to Bryn Shander and that's it in the Neverwinter campaign. <laughs> yeah. And so like they don't know any of the other ones. And uh, the only people who have the exception are like Spencer and Robert who read like all the books regarding Drist mm-hmm. and stuff. And so for Icewind Dale, I remember approaching them and being, okay, this is what the setting is like. This is what the environment is like. And I go into a real flowery language speaking about how trying to just get the heaviest picture in their mind, like just trying to smack them right dab in the middle of it. And then now what would you, what what character would you want to be there? And so I find it easier for me at least to kind of start that like introduction to the campaign itself in session zero rather than session one Mm -hmm. just so that way they build characters that actually want to be there (laughs) 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 that have like motivation for being in that particular setting or campaign Mm -hmm. but uh when it comes to like the session one intro i usually do basically (laughs) pull out by the way i I did look. Icewind Dale actually mm-hmm. does have an opening spiel. Yeah, they're, they're in in the most of the campaign books, they do have like a little intro blurb, mm. um, especially when it comes to like their intro campaign, like the one through three level th- stuff. Yeah, you know, they're like your characters find themselves in X Y Z location. The location is a light with sound or is completely silent. Your choice, whatever happens. And so usually, I just go from there and continue on. If it's my own campaign that i've done i will literally do that exact same thing i will describe a pre-written thing that i have written down my own box text that i wrote yeah as like an intro to set the setting that they start in i i'm i'm gonna get out of my chair and grab every book water deep has i've missed all of these (laughs) i've not paid attention to any of these freaking intro block tech i didn't know sorry continue okay no, but that's a great point because I knew about these and I used them constantly. Yeah, you I did not, did not didn't know, know about them. No. <laughs> so what did you do? Oh, um, so there's, I'm trying to think of the best way to word this. So there is a thing that Robert Jordan would do in the Wheel of Time. Mm-hmm. And it's not quite every chapter. Um, but there are some chapters where 
the the point of view starts really far away like we we talk starts talking about oh my god i can't remember any of the names of the places but like the 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 first village i I can't remember the name of it to save my damn life right now it starts off talking about the village and then zooms in a little closer talking about you know like the the sun coming up over the rooftops and then a little bit closer with the things that people are doing moving through the the town and whatnot and then all the way into the main character Mm -hmm. and i love that sort of stuff when i'm starting an adventure um and they're they're I don't do it every single one of them because you you don't want to like ruin, you don't want to like kill what you're doing. Uh, and, uh, and also not everything can start in the rain. Uh, the reason (laughs) I say that is because there's a, um, there's an episode of the old acquisitions incorporated games. Actually the first one that will Wheaton was on. And I, and I warn you listeners, if you haven't listened to it, they are funny as hell. They did not age well. <laughs> I re-listened to them recently. I'm like, oh, those are some words we don't use now. Okay, cool, 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 cool. But the thing that I always do remember from that, because those are what I listened to to get in to understand DMing back in the fourth edition days. And one of my favorite ones was like they were laughing and joking around, and Chris Perkins says, It's raining in Fallcrest. And I and like literally everything goes silent. And I and like I loved that because even as a listener, I was instantly pulled into it because, yeah, it is raining in Fallcrest. I'm there like that's all it took. Yeah. And, and so I've started some adventures with that. Um, in fact, if I listeners, if I ever run uh, Waterdeep Dragon Heist for you, I probably will start with it raining in Waterdeep <laughs> at night and then describing the city of water deep and what it is and then you know zooming into like a certain area of it and then onto the yawning portal and then into the yawning portal just as you step through the door that is i've I've run the beginning of that adventure several times now for people Mm -hmm. and i always do that and it's always like right into it i didn't realize it until you were describing it that's kind of what i end up doing Mm. because uh i tend to focus on introducing the player characters like one at a time and so i have the fun little like who's first check and it's the first role of the campaign basically who's going to enter the scene first (laughs) i like that and so they all roll and then whoever got closest to the number i had in my head they get introduced into the scene first and so i start out describing the setting and then whoever got that number closest i say your character You're sitting at a table and you realize like the beer is way too cheap, but it's way too good. That doesn't that doesn't seem right to you. Mm -hmm. And so it's like I focus in on that character and then their perspective of what they're seeing. Mm -hmm. So it goes from like that third person, like omniscient, I think is what it's called, like where you just see everything into their perspective. And that's like the one and only time in a campaign where I really say what they're feeling and describing is like the mm-hmm. intro yeah yeah no the the uh the here's the here's the funny thing about it at least this is what i found with players that i've done and this is no knock against them there's no knock against any players in general from what i found most players do not remember that first opening part oh no and that's fine that's why like honestly i what i do is instead of trying to figure out like oh what would what would draw kyle in? what would draw alex in 
I go for what would draw me in mm-hmm. because I also need to get pulled into in order to run this in order to describe this in order to like want to to have this adventure happen and so i i end up focusing more on what i would want out of an intro because it is more for me because i'm the one that's gonna probably remember it oh yeah (laughs) the one that i can say my my players constantly reference the very beginning intro bit was the neverwinter campaign because Mm. a Straight up, a Draco Lich attacked their boat and they got washed ashore. Like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you that can't get it. much more, like, just sudden intro than that. And they always reference, like, oh, well, we could go back to the beach. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. So it, you could always just start things off with a bang and then everyone will remember it. <laughs> mm-hmm. Now... You know, let, let, let's let's take a step back from the campaign books. We talk a lot about those on here. We're a big fan. We literally tiered, uh, rank tiered them. Yeah. Um, I want to know what your opinion is of you starting a tavern. I like it. It's comfortable and everyone can immediately envision a tavern, mm-hmm. especially if you describe the specifics of a tavern. They can insert that into their imaginary tavern they have in their head easily. And if you try to say you you're you start in a cave, it's like, well, it's a similar thing to you start in a cavern. It's like, I can imagine a cave. Tell me how big it is. <laughs> you know? I can imagine a cave, yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but yeah. Quite the I, imagination. I always enjoyed the tavern like cliche, so to speak, because it's so familiar and it's so mm-hmm. much easier to dive into. Because mm-hmm. uh, I, I personally as a player have trouble diving into my character at first it takes like a good three or four sessions before i really find a character voice before i really understand who the character is before Mm -hmm. i can even realize who everyone else is (laughs) and so i always appreciate a setting that is familiar to me that i can just quickly without trying like immerse myself into Mm -hmm. so i i never uh mind the you start in a tavern concept because that just it makes it easier for me and as a, from a DM perspective, I love it because that can suddenly give your players that like home base feeling of mm-hmm. this is where we start. Yeah. And it can give them you can immediately make NPCs in that tavern that they'll hook onto. And mm-hmm. they can make NPCs that they'll hook onto. Yeah. <laughs> they'll be like, "Well, I want to see the barmaid." It's like, "Okay, uh, her name is Daisy and she is a wood elf." And it's like, "Okay, is she cute?" And I'll be like, "No." you know it's like (laughs) suddenly they want to talk to daisy and so (laughs) it's such a fun thing because they can assume things that are in a tavern and they can ask me about it and i can do a lot less legwork (laughs) in case you haven't gotten the pattern i i like to do the least amount of work possible when it comes to dming (laughs) (laughs) so starting in a tavern is just chef's kiss it's good for me i like it um yeah no i i remember seeing on on reddit long 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 time ago uh there was a a post that it it did the clap clap emoji between every word and it was Mm -hmm. like it is okay to start in a tavern (laughs) (laughs) no it was just like 100 percent. like i i really like i can't think of like a a cliche way to start that i'm like that isn't cool because like that that's the thing like no one does that because it sucks mm-hmm. like that's the thing like you can have your complaints about it and whatnot that's fine for you but like all these people aren't doing it because it's terrible 
like and you can say that it's lazy or easy but it's like it doesn't matter if it gets the people into the game and plenty of stories and whatnot start in a tavern oh yeah and what's fantastic is you can story build off of that concept too so like mm-hmm. if players ever go into another tavern in another town, there can be little babby adventurers in that tavern starting oh, their first, the you know, like adventure when they're like level 15. Because <laughs> like that's the whole point of taverns. I love that idea. Is that they're the central meeting place for people that want to find other people and people that want to find information, people that want to know what they are going to do. They go to the tavern. Because mm-hmm. everything ends up there if you're not living mm-hmm. in that town. Yeah. So I, I love the idea of just like being able to come back to the tavern too. Because no matter what, your your players are never going to not go to a tavern again. <laughs> They're going to go back <laughs> at some point. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. My 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 next question. I have an answer for this, but I want I want to get yours first because my answer is actually going to lead into another thing. Okay. Uh, what you know again outside of the campaigns and stuff like that. What would you say is your favorite way to start an adventure? If you if if it was up to you. Uh, I <laughs> I like people getting called together for a job. Okay. That's that's one of my favorite things. Uh, starting to annihilation, that was one of my favorite intros to a written adventure I've done. Oh yeah, was like you have been called together because you are interested, or you have been specifically asked for for this job, and that immediately has like special interest. Like the players are like, oh okay, so I was chosen, and mm-hmm. <laughs> like there, it's 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 more than that. It it also gives them an immediate common goal. And they don't have to play the ring around the rosy of like, well, why are we going to hang out together? And it's, it's one of the fastest, like easiest ways for it to get every character invested into the main storyline, but still leave room for doing other options because guess what? It is just a job. (laughs) (laughs) So like if your job is to go save like this treasure from this certain place, but then you realize along the way that this treasure actually belongs to these other people it's just a the job. Treasure you can is the choose. We made along the way. Yeah, it's just a job. You can choose to like give it up, <laughs> mm-hmm. and then that's a campaign in and of itself. Yep. So I, I like the the intro of of a job, getting everyone together, uh, whether it be a patron like meeting up in a tavern, saying thank you all for coming. I've sent a letter to several of you. I know one of you, and I have a request. And it's like that's one of my favorite things because the job is so just easy out the gate for me Mm -hmm. yeah yeah i uh mine is like i don't know how this ended up becoming my favorite one Mm -hmm. um it's literally the group on a trail walking or uh, on a cart or riding towards their next goal i absolutely have just fallen in love with that one and i don't know like really why i don't have an explanation for it like i don't even have kind of like a touchstone in media to be like oh this is why um it it gives a sense of camaraderie right off the bat yeah yeah (laughs) i was like what movie what uh what media actually starts with the with the, the group like group walking down a trail and i went well Rosencrantz and Guildenstern are dead. <laughs> and actually, I know uh, my buddy Kyle has actually started one where they were walking down the road and he kept going, heads. Heads. Yeah. 
gods. <laughs> Would you count uh, Knight's Tales as as one of those? They're yes and no. It's more like um, a camp than like on the yeah, road. like like they definitely when 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 they find Paul Bettany, you know, it's walking down the road together, mm-hmm. but that's more of a trudge. Trudging. Um, <laughs> to trudge. Um, yeah, like. D- I, I that one's probably the closest to be honest yeah because i i know several like books where i've read there mm-hmm. where it literally starts out where they're just on the road but at the same mm-hmm. time that's book two <laughs> yeah yeah and 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 yeah the, i but that kind of leads me into the other part of it which is i by like a freaking mile enjoy the characters already knowing each other oh yeah like I've done two campaigns, two main cam- campaigns where they didn't know each other beforehand. One of them worked out. One of them did not. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I I used to, you know, kind of ask like, OK, do you all want to have known each other beforehand or not? Now I say like, hey, I would prefer it if you did, because I feel like we can tell a better story that way. But if you all don't want to, that's fine. Um, which I know sounds like a loaded thing, but that's just me putting in my opinion of the start. Yeah. And I mean, like you're the DM, you're allowed to have fun too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like from a player perspective, I love when DMs ask, like, do any of you know anyone else? I immediately go around the table like, do we, do we, mm-hmm. <laughs> I want to know someone <laughs> because yeah. it helps me out so much in figuring out who my character is. <laughs> Mm-hmm. I struggle so hard to figure out my backstory until I get until I get that click. I, I struggle. Yeah. And it's like for a month I struggle. <laughs> then and, there's me who hands the DM four pages of single spaced mm-hmm. text. <laughs> <laughs> and then like I remember I, I started a campaign with Spencer and uh we weren't related, but we were both half orcs and like we were both quote unquote in the war, but it's like we didn't know each other, but we did know each other because mm-hmm. we were able to help each other out. And just having that like person to be able to talk, like bounce off of as far as like, oh, do you think I would know this? And it's like, yeah, I think you would. And it's like, it really helps me out as a player. And so like, I know as a player, that's my favorite thing mm-hmm. <laughs> is knowing everyone else. Like as a DM, I don't mind when no one knows each other. Like I said, the job is the easiest thing to get people that don't know each other together. But when they do know each other and they're called together for a job, it's almost better (laughs) because like, oh, yeah, I'm asking for this one person in particular. Okay, is it cool if I bring my three friends, too? (laughs) (laughs) Like, what are they going to say? No. (laughs) Yeah, right, right. And so that's like one of my favorite things is is one person actually has the job and everyone Mm -hmm. else is just with them. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. No, that the... I found that the times where like the the PCs know each other previously, it's 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 interesting because like even if you have a group of people who've known each other for years, if you say y'all have never met each other before, they're suspicious of each other or untrusting of each other immediately. Like they're like, I don't know you. Mm -hmm. But like as soon as you're like, y'all have been traveling for like three months, then they're chill. They're, they're they just start off joking around and whatnot and 
like if somebody tries to do like the whole, you know uh, the the spotlight thing where they're like oh i'm just so amazing you know they get to someone that is just like yeah we've heard that one before <laughs> instead of you know just like oh god are we gonna have to put up with this it's like well we, we know because that's the character yeah. <laughs> and one of my favorite things is when players go your character would know this about mine yes i love that like just I really love that. Even though we haven't specifically role played this out because we've spent a month on the road together, at some point you would know this. Yeah. <laughs> like I almost I end up feeling weird when I'm in a group and it's like, oh yeah, we started not knowing each other because then I'm like, how long has this been been going on? Ah, it's about like two weeks in world. I'm like, this no, like the, the we're way too close now because we've been playing for hours and hours. We played for more than like you know that amount of time, mm-hmm. and it, it's it's always interesting to me the the way that that ends up feeling to me but i i love starting in a game where we've known each other like oh my god the academics which uh is gonna come up in a little bit because we just wrapped up that game yeah um that first session i mean i talked about it on, on previously on when we were doing those i freaking loved that session so much and just the fact that we had decided beforehand we're all from the school we're all like you know adventurers in training and you know as soon as tara started role-playing something we all just hopped into it i became the the you know the bookworm that was trying to get all the extra credit Mm -hmm. and uh saint james became the the you know the kid that was uh good at everything and didn't care like (laughs) (laughs) my 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 sister and i we were we had a brother and sister characters and like we were role-playing that and there was never any hint of like you know like oh i don't like this person we already know who we didn't didn't like because we would have it's like <laughs> everyone knew i was the annoying bookworm and so anytime i was just like does this count for extra credit professor everyone would go <laughs> you know okay a game system that i keep going back to because i desperately want it in D, like an official thing like how they do it is monster of the week i knew you're gonna say it yep yep 100%. Because Monster of the Week sets you up to know every single other player. Mm-hmm. Seamlessly. Yeah. <laughs> like, you sit there and for like 10 minutes you figure out your character and then the next five minutes you talk with everyone. You're like, can I know you by this? And then they're like, oh yeah, that totally makes sense. And then I know you like this. Yeah. And then you know everybody in a certain way. Yeah. Yeah, uh, it's so uh, good. Li- listeners, we we did a game of uh, Monster of the Week last year. God, I don't even like May 2020. <laughs> um, but we did record the session zero. If you haven't listened to it, highly recommend it just for hearing how this goes, because they they bake into the system. Y'all knowing each other. Mm-hmm. And I absolutely love it. And you're you're 100 percent right. I would love for some Xanathar's Guide type thing to come out that has you already know each other as a section. I mean, like, it, I I don't know where I would want it if I would want it to be, like, in the background section or something, but, like, I would want that yeah, somewhere. Because, because that, that is the thing where it's, like, Monster of the Week is very specific to the playbook that you pick when, for listeners, playbook mm-hmm. is essentially your class. So, yeah, it, it is, it would, like, I'd, I'd be fine with the whole section of the book where, they're like, we're going to go class by class on this. yeah exactly like i i think it would be so cool like why does this fighter know this wizard yeah yeah no i i i really really do love that but i i like again like i just i really like the group starting together because i do feel like 
it not only builds a better group dynamic, but it also gives way for better story. Because like what you're saying, you would know this about my character. Mm-hmm. Oh, the two of us know this, but the rest of the group doesn't. It it it, it allows for such. It allows for 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 me players having more influence over their relationships than because I think one of the reasons why the the we all meet on the first session sort of thing is we don't have the opportunity to describe or put in some relationship defining moment. Yeah. If we aren't presented them in game, which, you know, the, the DM, they got a lot of stuff going on. They may not have (laughs) thought about that. If they don't have those moments, I think the camaraderie ends up feeling more stale because we haven't seen this group or there, there's no there's no history of this group acting the way that we are. We're just acting that way because that's what we want there to be. Mm-hmm. But when you say we've been, you know, we've been a group for two years, you can easily drop in. Oh, yeah, this is, uh, you know, we we had uh, history with this somewhere or, you know, we, we we've done like even just the little thing of like, uh, you know, we, we've done this routine before, like with a, with combat or something like that. It just allows a little bit of extra uh, a little frosting on the cake, <laughs> a little something extra. Yeah, no, it's definitely just and it, it leads to better. I feel like what's the word I'm looking for? Because it's not necessarily role play because you can have really good role play with characters that don't know yeah. each other at all. I mean, like thinking about it, like almost all my campaigns have started with no one really knows each other (laughs) Mm -hmm. again i'm not saying Mm -hmm. i'm not trying to bash anybody's game or anything like that this is just personally my experience with it yeah i mean like i will say from a dm standpoint it's certainly a lot easier to get characters rolling if everyone already knows each other because like you mentioned there Mm -hmm. is that slight distrust and like suspicion although certain characters can immediately dissolve that like Mm -hmm. in the uh, roomy rumor campaign uh, Inga, she's a, a paladin <laughs> of Sune, and she's just like, I want to love everyone, and everyone deserves a chance at that. And so immediately she saw a job, and she's like, well, I need enough money for a boat. And so she sees the job, and she's blocking everyone from being able to see the new job that was just posted, and she's like, hmm, I'm going to need more than one person to do this. She turns around and sees immediately another person who is trying to read around her shoulder. She's like, who are you, and what are you good at? <laughs> And she like immediately sets off this tone of, I'm looking for people immediately and I want you to help me. And it it really helps to have those kind of characters, especially if you don't have anyone that doesn't know anyone. Yeah. To dispel that that suspicion. Because if everyone is casually Aragorn sitting in the corner, dark and broody. (laughs) I know. No one will really get up and talk to each other. (laughs) Yep. Yep. So you do you do kind of want to have that not necessarily charismatic character, but kind of a character that is loud in more ways than just volume. So that way it's like, you notice this person Mm -hmm. (laughs) and they notice you. And so it's like, it's just like a story, you know, you eventually have to get together at some point. (laughs) Exactly. And and kind of part of the DM is to figure out the best way to do that with uh, having everyone on board. I don't, I think I've only had to casually restart once <laughs> during mm. the midst of a session one. 
Oh my gosh. Where I'm like, hang on, can I just can I just start over for a moment? And they're like, oh yeah, go ahead. <laughs> and then like <laughs> I I collect myself and then I come back like 10 minutes later, like, okay, I have I have a I have a better way to do this. <laughs> So like, cause it just sets up the tone and if people are already yeah. like, so like you mentioned, like suspicious and weary about where they're at, then it, it doesn't help set up for the rest of the session or for the next few sessions. Mm -hmm. But yeah. definitely having them know each other beforehand helps quell all those issues because mm -hmm. it just, it sets it up so well. <laughs> like even if they just barely know each other, even if they just walked into town together it's still better than <laughs> not knowing each other at all and meeting each other in the tavern which is funny to think about because i mentioned it earlier i like the tavern idea because no matter what everyone's going to eventually meet in the tavern mm -hmm. so you expect to find new people in the tavern it's not a new mm -hmm. thing it's not a surprise you're, yeah. you're not like shocked that there's other adventures in the tavern <laughs> mm -hmm. And the general premise of starting in a tavern is because you're looking for group. Yeah, you are looking for group and 100%. <laughs> and so it's like, I understand there's that natural, it's what would be natural to my character to be suspicious of these new people. But at the same time, as a player, you got to remember that you're there for a reason. And the reason yeah. is to find other people. Yep. 100%. <laughs> um... I, I want to shift gears a little bit here toward to the to the opposite end of this. How many campaigns have you finished? Not 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 stopped, but just like done an ending session. <laughs> you ready? Mm hmm. Zero. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I haven't done the, the fade to black yet on any of okay. my campaigns. Uh, my Neverwinter one, which has had like four books and one, is still going. I have about mm -hmm. three more arcs left before it's gonna before it's gonna end. But I know those arcs, like I know yeah. the story beats that are gonna happen. Um, the Tomb of Annihilation that's on pause for the time being. The Rumi mm -hmm. Rumors, I've got a plan for that. That's not for a while. <laughs> mm -hmm. And like same kind of goes for my other ones too, where I'm just like. They've got a they've got some time before they're gonna stop and 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 I I'm not the kind of DM where I kind of run things at like a well we played for a month and now it's the end of the game and I'm like <laughs> I don't know how to do that <laughs> <laughs> here I am I'm like year five in my Neverwinter campaign and I'm like I don't know how to stop things um, mm -hmm. in a reasonable amount of time so uh, side note thank you to all my players for sticking out with me. <laughs> um but yeah zero i have ended zero campaigns <laughs> i know yeah, how are, i'm going to end in a, my okay. neverwinter campaign but i i haven't done it yet it, uh, it, like i like i want to ask like are, how do you feel about that are you okay with that yeah uh we've okay. actually talked about it as a table about how we're going to be ending this game oh that's great yeah because like i mentioned five years that's a yeah. huge yeah. amount of time for anyone to invest into anything and for this to be a story that we're all heavily involved with and we we want to make sure that it goes out in our own terms <laughs> instead of letting the story kind of go wild out mm -hmm. and so we've talked about what we want for goals for our characters and for the world and for where we want to end up um I like which that. has 
spectacularly helped me as a DM figure out what those last three arcs are. Because <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm like, okay, all right, cool. I know exactly what you want in the end, and I feel like I can give you the middle bits to get there. Mm-hmm. And and I'm excited about getting to the end because we've had all these talks, because we've yeah. discussed at great length what we want with our characters and stuff. And it, it's not like a, we talked about this at level five kind of thing. We, like, we've been talking yeah. about this like over the course of the entire campaign. Mm-hmm. And things have evolved. Things have shifted because of things that happened in the campaign. And, and it's like, yeah, I, I know how I'm going to do it because we've talked about the end. Mm-hmm. And I feel okay about that. I feel excited. Not to mention they've casually joked about playing the campaign part two. We're playing all the kids. <laughs> <laughs> like i mean Saf- you could Safir playing his daughter robert playing Safir's daughter and then uh twyla coming back with uh her steps daughter and you know just like bertram coming back as one of his kids <laughs> it's there's so many there's so many kids that they could just pull out <laughs> oh my god that would be amazing <laughs> and it's like well we gotta we gotta play the world that my my parents left <laughs> mm-hmm but uh, that's that's just been kind of like a joke. They were probably gonna bust out a, a, a like a, a one shot. <laughs> I'm gonna come. I'm gonna show up one one day and be like, "Here's all your character sheets," and they're gonna see the names and they're gonna flip out. I just know that. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. But uh, yeah, we're we're excited about we're closing it, and like we all know about what we're, we're, what's gonna end up happening. I know exactly what's gonna happen, but they have goals of what's gonna happen. Mm-hmm. But yeah, excitement. Excitement is how I'm feeling about it. A little sad because like I know this world, but it's not like I'm going to end this world. Yeah. I'm going to be continuing it. <laughs> yeah. Much like how you do. Uh, MCU, right? Like it, it never MCU. really goes away. <laughs> no, it doesn't. Uh, all, all that my players do is make bigger problems for my future players. <laughs> exactly. So like I'm never I'm not really like remorseful about it ending because I know the world will just continue going, which is very fun yeah. to think about. Yeah. Oh man, I, I'm, I'm trying to think now, like how many D and D ones I've done because there are two other ones, and I've talked about those the the, the Star Wars one and mm-hmm. and Pathfinder. I both ended, but those ones were uh, like I do want to talk about those a little bit because that one was out of necessity. Yeah. Because the majority of the group was leaving. Um, you know that's one of the great things about living in a, in a navy town. Yeah. <laughs> Um, and those, I don't think I've actually said this. Those two games were going concurrently with the same group. Oh, yeah. We would, we would literally have a text group and go, are we playing Star Wars or Pathfinder tonight? <laughs> and so we, we, we had those going at the same time. And then because people were leaving, I, I did endings for them. And, but with like thinking of those with the D and D ones, what you're talking about is so true with the excitement. Mm-hmm. I remember every last session of a game so clearly, and it, it there's there's something special about it. it. Like there there there's it's especially if if you can do um the the climactic fight if there is one you know, whatever the, the, the climax of the story is. And then the, the, you know, the wrap up 
afterwards we, we did with for academics we we kind of split those up we did the big fight and then we did the the wrap up the next session and like i i mean the the D ones have just been wild like curse of strahd oh. what that ending oh, like yeah. <laughs> we're not gonna spoil it here obviously but like the that session start to finish like was just so exciting had just some good beats from from y'all doing stuff you dropped a mammoth on strahd i died uh, twice <laughs> twice uh yeah and, and like the 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 moment the moments after the fight and like i love the fact that y'all had talked about wanting to continue as a group after that and then literally after the fight you all were like no we're 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 broken we we can't we're not going to travel together we're mm -hmm. going to go do our own thing and that was i mean i couldn't have seen that one coming i had stuff ready to go for the next part and i was like <laughs> oh okay yeah, yeah no um like um tomb of annihilation's ending um that was another one that we ended up having to wrap up because people were leaving and um because they had just gotten to the tomb and then one of the players was moving and i was like well you've been through here through this whole thing and also i don't really want to do the whole tomb because it sucks <laughs> um and so i i i essentially got them to the boss fight quickly and I mean that session I couldn't have guessed. I mean you were there. You you were you were out in the living room while yeah. I ran it. <laughs> it was absolutely fucking wild. And they surprised me at every pass. I thought it was just going to be a, a a little boss fight because I didn't do a Sirac. I I did other stuff. I thought it was just going to be like a fun boss fight and then we'll wrap stuff up and then like where we ended up I was like holy shit that was great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I definitely think the like the the main thread of of things with it though is I I'm always surprised with what happens from the players at the end of it. They always surprise me. All the way down to to Ike in uh, uh Curse of Strahd saying that he took your character's journal and had it printed and bound Ugh. and he distributed it to people throughout Barovia one of the like, three things that made me cry that session yes <laughs> <laughs> like that that was i i never would have expected that i couldn't never expect that mm -hmm. and those moments are just so special and like why i remember those sessions so clearly um but one thing that i did i did want to to point out here for listeners um that i have found helpful with this stuff is actually something from writing as well, which is like the fight. Like we'll, we'll go, we'll go on this as if there's a big fight. The fight is a big moment and it is a defining moment. It is what your campaign has led up to. However, most of the time, what's actually going to define that moment is what happens immediately after it. Yeah. It is how you allow your players to react to the fight, um, how they process what happened and what they do afterwards. 
the like you're gonna have cool moments and stuff like that but like what defines the campaign is what happens afterwards um i i actually will will, like i i I watched the ending of critical role season two i'm not going to spoil it in case you're watching it i know i'm I'm bad i'm good with spoilers (laughs) um but it it was it was how much time was spent in that session post fight Mm-hmm. I absolutely loved how much time they spent on characters and moments and in everything that was to follow. It's that closure. It is. Well, like it's, it's not even quite like the closure, like the closure is, is there that I, I feel like that should be like, what is wraps it up at the end, but it's like, like in the Strahd fight, oh my God, they defeated Strahd. Huh? Um, like, <laughs> sure hope so. <laughs> yeah, like it was the moments immediately following that. Like I can still picture how that immediate moment after you defeat after you all defeated Strahd looked, mm-hmm. and the way you all reacted to it. And that one stands out to me more than some of the stuff that happened. Those Strahd straight up gliding across the rooftop, shooting through a window and grabbing you by the throat was pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, but the, I, I, I really think that when it comes down to the ending of a campaign, that's really this. That's really where the heart of that ending comes from. Mm-hmm. Um, and why I was so happy with academics that we did spend a whole session um after the fight we defeated the big bad thing um and i mean we didn't we didn't have a combat um we we had a chance to and literally the entire group told that enemy no (laughs) no did you see what we just did no (laughs) (laughs) like like i'm like literally these people were just like well, we don't want any trouble and and uh chrissy is, is uh my, my sister she's she's busy right now but i was controlling her character and i just uh i had uh the the character just be like yeah no that's not called trouble that's called a massacre <laughs> so she rolled like a i think i rolled like a 28 in intimidation oh and they God. just they just passed through no fight no nothing nice. and and yeah, like it, it was, it was interesting because it was, it was a slower one. And I think that, and I think that does have to do with the fact that we did split them up. I mean, like, like I've talked about, we run two hour sessions. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the, the big boss fight took up the majority of the last two hours and we spent almost, we spent about an hour and 40 minutes total wrapping up the, the campaign. Wow. Like it was walking down the mountain getting back to our uh, our wagon taking the wagon back to to where the people were letting them know what we did helping them pack their stuff up make it back to town wrapping stuff up with people and it it, and then like we just kind of said like what we were gonna do and we just kind of all of our characters woke up the next morning got in the cart we headed out (laughs) <laughs> and, and, it, and it was it was literally like the cart walking off into into the the sun and it was it was great and i because i've heard i've heard of campaigns where like they defeat the big bad evil dude 
and then there's just kind of a star wars crawl of information that happens afterwards and i know the excitement and the thrill of that fight is still there but i implore you to come back the next week and wrap it up oh yeah instead of doing that if you are in that high of combat and you're you're just so freaking excited stop the session there come back next week wrap it up because that is for me where a lot of the heart of the entire campaign is i mean also as a dm how satisfying would it be to sit down and just be like all right you just defeated saruman (laughs) you're laying around in this tower and you realize the realization washes over you as to what you've just done and it's like how Mm -hmm. how just satisfying is that to say to all your players who are just there like getting back into it going yeah yeah we did (laughs) and they're right back being amped just like we did this and then they get to approach just like the whole concept of that wind down from a new headspace yeah yeah endings is is one of those things that like i am kind of constantly thinking about because Ever since I did that Star Wars session, which was the first time I ever wrapped up a campaign, I have been chasing that high of a story of storytelling. <laughs> like, my God, it was just so like the players doing the things they did just blowing me away. And and I'm not saying that the other that the other endings I've done haven't been that good. They have been. They've all like for me, the way that the players did stuff been great every time Mm -hmm. um and it it, like the one uh, one of them that i'm really glad we got to do that i that i know we didn't get to do as much of the wrap-up but that was mainly because of circumstances was when we we wrapped up that fourth edition game when when you joined them and we moved it into fifth edition we i finally got to have them have the big tiamat fight which my god can you imagine if i'd had the mini that i'm getting soon (laughs) for that fight oh my god (sighs) who would have been good um but uh, like that was like even though that one was more of the like here's what happened and the, the reason that one was like that was because we'd been so far removed from that game asking the players what they did next was not <laughs> like it's like well they they haven't played them in like five years they're not gonna know mm-hmm. they're not gonna remember um and like but the thing that i did like about that one because it was something that i had planned back in 2011 was that they did end up getting sparks of divinity and became gods and so really what was fun about that one was i got to have a conversation with with some of them over time of like okay what did what did they become the god of Mm -hmm. did they keep their name did they did they change their name what what sort of worshipers would they seek and that and that's kind of where that stuff like slowly uh came together and and ended up having that great you know uh ending wrap up yeah but well, also you know we were playing for like 5 hours straight because it was all combat and then, <laughs> and then. Yeah. one of my favorite things was when one of the players uh when Bree she's all you're like okay uh, what what god were you thinking to be in of and she's like I, i'm actually um thinking of being evil and you were so your face was just like i 
100% would have never guessed that. And you were so both surprised and in love with that idea at the same time. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. (laughs) No, the the fact that Brie decided... Again, that's the thing. Absolutely never would have guessed that. Like, you know, Mm -hmm. you you have... You you, you feel like you know the player characters and whatnot, and I guarantee you in that ending one, they're going to do something that surprises you, at least one of them. And I mean, Brie's character, Bela, she... She had an eye patch because she lost an eye um, escaping from a an Orcus ritual as a child. Like her whole thing was like, you know, stopping evil because she'd seen what it had done to her family and her. Mm -hmm. And so for her to look at me and go, I think she's going to be an evil God blew me away. And I was just like, you and I are going to talk more. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But yeah, that that that's like I I want to talk about endings for a bit because they are so near and dear to my heart of of those moments in campaigns. And I always look forward to them when they happen. (laughs) Yeah. And I just I know what kind of endings I want because of the books I've read. Like, Mm -hmm. uh. To be, to be general, like, one of my favorite authors, she writes fantastic descriptions, she writes fantastic characters, fantastic combat scenes, but then the ending that wraps up literally the entire 300-page book is four pages long, if yeah. that. Yeah. And it bothers the hell out of me every time I yeah. read every book, because I'm like, the book's nowhere near done. And yet there's only four pages left. And I'm like, I know she's doing the thing again. (laughs) Mm. And it bothers me so much because I know because of reading those kind of books, I'm like, I don't want that in my D&D games. Yeah. I want to be able to explore what the effects, like the repercussions of the ending is. Yeah. Like I, I, I will say to like you know put the wording out there. Don't have it last too long. Yes. Uh, no. <laughs> um, like like literally at max, I would say another session, and yeah. that and and even that for because I know I I'm weird for the length of my games. Short session. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like in in this kind of session, there honestly doesn't need to be much rolling happening. Yeah. You're not really playing the game at this point. You're telling the story. You're telling the yeah. ending. Yeah. And and that's kind of where it shifts because you're no longer playing the game because you just played the game, you finished the game, and mm-hmm. now you gotta you gotta role play the credits. <laughs> yeah. The 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 one other thing I do want to put out there is and and you know you and I are obviously going against this one. This is just a piece of advice. A campaign doesn't have to end at twenty, and what I mean by that is it can end way earlier than that. Oh God! It is totally okay for that to happen. Like y'all were level nine in Curse of Strahd. That's the last time we touched those characters. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. And and I I personally I found the ones that don't go to twenty. In, uh, end up having more meaning somehow because it's just like, well, what do we do now? Well, we're gods now, so I guess, you know, we do whatever the fuck we want. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, that would totally be the case with my Neverwinter campaign if we didn't establish from the very get-go that this was going to be a level 20 thing. Mm-hmm. Like, if if you establish from the beginning, then that, I think, allows your players to think of goals that would be for that tier of power. Mm-hmm. as opposed to like a level one player they're not thinking about well when i'm god <laughs> that's 
that's not what they're doing. They're thinking of like, well, well when I, I get out of this school town, yesterday and now that I've defeated God. Yeah. Like, uh, because they knew they're going the whole way, so to speak, like they knew that they can set lofty goals like that and eventually get there. But yeah, I remember I've played in campaigns where, yeah, we stopped at level nine, like a two year campaign I was in stopped at level seven and some of us weren't even level seven. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. uh, it, it just kind of ends up being that way. Like the power levels in D and D aren't necessarily progress levels yeah. <laughs> in a campaign. And, uh, I mean, the campaign books are excellent example of that. Most of them only go to most level 11. Yeah. And And I I fully love that. Yeah. I mean, on one hand, that's game design. They know where they're, you know, like sweet spot of, of level versus encounter building and all Mm -hmm. that is and, and skill checks, but also because it's just, it gets to be too much. Uh, you get away from the story and you end up going into every other path possible when it comes to that kind of power level. And, yep. and yeah, when you do keep it in that in that nice sweet spot, then that it does make more meaning, like you said, when it comes to the ending. Um, and, and not to shoot down the level 20 idea, but just make sure that you do establish from the very get go. Mm-hmm. So that way players can consider... Expectations. Yeah, they can consider like, well, what would my character at level 20 want to do and they can think Mm -hmm. about that as time goes on because there's Mm -hmm. no way they're going to know that answer at level one yeah because the game is going to change them no matter Mm -hmm. what yep and that's what the ending's about is to figure out how much you've changed absolutely um well i i uh we're, we're getting towards the end here um i feel like i have said literally everything i could about endings how about you (laughs) (laughs) yeah uh if you're worried about ending a campaign um the most advice i would say would be talk to your players and and see what they want yeah because if you're ever worried as a dm about what to do ask them yep ask them what they want and that's the best way you can have fun with your friends (laughs) yep i will tell you this as someone who aspires one day to have a book on a bookstore shelf uh the jealousy that you can just ask someone what they want to see in the story um use that (laughs) Because I fucking can't. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but I think that is a good place to end this week's uh, episode. Uh, if you enjoyed this uh, show, the best way to support is by leaving a review on your podcast services choice and telling your friends about the few episodes that are left. But we're going to do an actual play, so maybe they'll get hyped about that while they listen through the rest of the shows. So you can go and do that as well. Uh, if you would uh, like to write in with literally your last chance to do any kind of question or topic suggestion. <laughs> Do it literally right now. Take it. out your phone unless you're driving. Pay attention to the road. 10 and 2. Put in, Send it to difficultyclass at gmail.com. Let us know what you want us to talk about or any questions that you have. Uh, if you'd like to keep up to date on the show and find out when we're not posting episodes because we're so goddamn busy um, <laughs> and so tired, uh, you can follow us on Twitter at difficultyclass. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at the Trevor. There is an A hiding in there. Allie, where can they find you? Alleybug321 on Twitter and also Rumi Roamers uh, on Twitter as well. I'm the camp. I'm the, I'm the DM of that little campaign actual play there. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, that is going to do it for this week's episode. So until next week, have a good game. Mm-hmm.